You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Hi, everybody. It's great to talk to you again this week. So many questions have come in, and I cannot wait to dig right in. Thank you so much for sending in your deep questions, your thoughts, your feelings. It's great. If you guys want to send in questions, feel free to email Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com. This week has been amazingly busy with all sorts of fun stuff from design projects to meeting with real estate agents to cocktails and mixers and networking, the life of an entrepreneur. So today I'm coming at you a little bit later, but you know, you guys are very understanding. So let me dive right in with questions from Suzanne. Suzanne wrote me, hi Betsy, one source that I haven't heard you speak much about is Etsy. How do you find a needle in a haystack when it comes to art on Etsy? Thanks so much, Suzanne. The key with Etsy is that they have this amazing search bar and I just get very specific. Today, I was working with a client in California. We were working virtually and she needed a pillow that was raspberry, citron, and aqua. And I just literally typed that in to Etsy raspberry citron aqua pillow and you'd be amazed at what comes up so if i'm looking for a landscape painting of the ocean then i'll just type that right in just get specific and don't be afraid to type in exactly what you want it's just like asking for something for christmas or ordering something at a restaurant be as specific as possible and you'll probably be happier with the result and then when you do find someone on Etsy that you love, I always have a hard time remembering who it was because I want to go back to that well again and again to get even more great stuff. So they have this little key at the top, a little heart where you can make them a favorite store. And of course, that's really handy because then I can always find them. But the other reason that I love making them a favorite store is because then Etsy will tell me, Betsy, you liked this favorite store. So you'll probably like this store that's similar to it. So they send me lots of good referrals and that way I get turned on to new artists, new companies while still maintaining my stable of favorites. So I highly recommend putting a little heart by the people you love because they will also show you what's new from those people. So you'll be getting their latest paintings, their latest drawings, all the stuff that's hot off the presses so you get first pick at bidding or just buying. So I hope that helps Suzanne. Sorry for the jiggly table. Now let's go to your second question. Your second question was, Betsy, I love to use a ratio for the width of a piece of art above a piece of furniture. Just FYI listeners, I do 75%, well actually 50 to 75% of the length of the piece of furniture should be the length of the art. In other words, if I have a queen size bed that is 60 inches wide, I typically do a 36 inch wide piece of art above it. Uh, so that 50 to 75% rule will serve you really well, whether you're doing a 24 inch wide piece of art above a 36 inch console, or you have a 80 inch couch and you're doing a 48 wide piece of art above that. 
So you're asking, I have a wet bar that's very similar to the Crate and Barrel Steamer Trunk Bar. When not in use, I close the doors to keep the dust out and to keep the glassware enclosed. When it's open completely, it's about twice as wide, so the area on either side needs to be kept clear for the doors to open. What size art should I use? Should I measure when it's open or when it's closed? So Suzanne, you should use a piece of art that's how the steamer cabinet usually is. And based on your description, it sounds like the steamer cart or trunk usually is closed because you want to keep those glasses dust free, which means that you would take 50 to 75% of the closed width of that bar cabinet. Only if you cut the bar cabinet open 80 to 90% of the time would I, um, sorry about that, I just got an alert. Okay, sorry about that distraction. Only if you kept the bar cabinet open 80 to 90% of the time would I do a piece of art based on that larger size. My next series of questions came from Sherry this week. Sherry is a college student who is writing a paper on interior design and interior designers. So she has some general questions for me for her research paper. So the first question that she asked is, Betsy, how do you begin to organize the design of a room? The first thing I do when I'm organizing the design of a room is I write down all the functions that the room needs to provide. So say we're dealing with a living room. What do you want to do in this living room? Really make a list so that way you're making sure that with your furniture choices and your layout, you're going to be able to accomplish everything that you hope for in that room. So in a living room, frequently, it is, um, of course, TV viewing, comfortable seating for entertaining. Oftentimes, people want to have a desk. Sometimes they want to have a bar, like Suzanne. Sometimes they want to have an entry console. Sometimes they even need a dining area. It's an open living dining combo. So these are all different functions that I would write down and be evaluating when I'm creating the floor plan for the space to make sure that I haven't missed everything, to make sure that I'm really maximizing the spatial layout before I start worrying about colors, furniture selection, window treatments, and all those small details. So your next question was, what is the most important aspect of design? The most important aspect of design is that the room is functional. So above looking beautiful, it needs to serve the intentions that you have for the space. And I just listed a few intentions for a living room. But really, that's the whole purpose of design, that form would meet function, and first the room would really operate well, and then it would really look nice. So those are the two keys, in my opinion. You asked me, why do you think interior design is important, and why should just someone hire a designer? Interior design is important because we all have a home. We all have a space. We all are somewhere and we spend a lot of time there. If you're like me, I spend at least 50% of my time in my home. And so I really want it to make me feel happy. I want to have a great experience there considering I'm there all the time practically. So I think it's really important that you love where you live. I think it's really important that the space that you live in meets your needs and that you're able to do everything that you want there, that you're able to have 
a private space to read if that's important to you, that you're able to have a large area to entertain and dine if you really love to have friends over, that you're able to have an open play space for kids if they're going to be spending a lot of time in the home inside. So all these different things are so vital. Not everyone needs an interior designer. If you're really satisfied with the way that your home is operating, if you feel really happy in your home right now, if there aren't things that really aren't working for you, then you probably don't need a designer. A lot of people have a great eye for design, people who haven't even been to school, and they don't necessarily need someone to double check their work if they feel happy in their space. The point at which a designer needs to come in is if the space isn't working for you, if you're not happy there, if you're not proud of your home, if you're not excited to show off your space, then that's when I think it's time to evaluate because no matter where you live, I've lived in 150 square foot apartments, I've lived in 2,500 square foot homes. Even in those small spaces, even in those spaces where really only one other body could physically fit in the space, I still wanted to be proud of my space. I still wanted to have someone over and have a glass of wine. So I think that's really the test. Am I proud enough of my space to invite someone over and feel that sense of accomplishment and pride? And if you can't feel that, or if you would feel a little bit ashamed or uncomfortable, then it's time to hire a designer. And certainly it's also time to hire a designer if the space isn't meeting your functions, your needs, if it doesn't feel comfortable, if your family can't relax, if the things that you're hoping to do aren't able to be accomplished because the layout's not quite right or you don't have the pieces you need. So those are the reasons I think someone should hire an interior designer. Let's see what your next question is. What part does aesthetics play in design? So it plays a huge part. Of course, it does not play the biggest part, which we talked about being function. But aesthetics are so important because that's kind of the cherry on top of the Sunday. You get all those functional pieces, and now you can get it to look amazing. So that is a very important component. And of course, aesthetics are subjective. They're in the eye of the beholder. So you really want to have a clear vision, whether you're working with a designer or designing on your own, of what you'd like to space the, the space to look like. That means finding inspiration photos on a website like House or Apartment Therapy. Finding pictures that really are the result that you'd be happy with that you can then replicate. That way, you know you have an end goal in mind. So I think that's really important even to show your designer and to say, this is what I'm hoping to achieve. How do we get there with my budget, my architecture? And sometimes we have to translate things. Sometimes we have to tailor them to your specific situation. But starting with that end goal in mind is very crucial. And that comes down to aesthetics. This is what I would love for my place to look like. So that really is the soul of design. The skeleton of design is, of course, that functional floor plan. And the soul of the design is that beautiful look, those cohesive colors, those patterns that work together seamlessly. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and I can't wait to get back to a couple more questions. Do you love learning about interior design? Want even more info on topics like feng shui, furniture size and placement, and styling like a pro? 
then you won't want to miss my online classes. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the shop tab, and you'll find my three online classes there. Take them as many times as you like, whenever you like. You'll have all that knowledge at your fingertips for as low as $45 per class. Purchase all three classes and you'll get a complimentary copy of my book. That value pack is only $90. Use promo code PODCAST to get an additional 15% off your entire order. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com today to get access to your online classes. How do you create harmony in a room? Harmony. So... That's not a word I use very often, but I would say that harmony means that things go together. Things work together really nicely. And what I would recommend for creating harmony is to create a cohesive color palette. So choose that inspiration piece for those of you who've listened to my other broadcasts or read my book. Choose an inspiration piece that you will derive all the colors for your room from. And then select three colors to use as accent colors. So don't use too many colors because that doesn't feel very harmonious. It can feel sort of erratic and all over the place. But really focusing on those three key colors that you're going to spread throughout the room is a great way to start. Another way to create harmony is to make sure that you don't have patterns that are fighting with each other, that are competing with each other. And patterns that compete with each other are patterns that are the same size. So if you have a ton of tiny patterns, like a tiny dot, a microfloral, a small check, those will start to compete and look very busy. What you want out of a pattern when you're mixing and adding them together is that each one would be of a different scale. So you'd be adding a small pattern, a medium pattern, a large pattern, two or three is a minimum. And certainly if you wanted to get very designerly, you could add an extra large pattern or an extra small pattern. But that's another way to create harmony, is to ensure that each of the patterns you're utilizing are of a different scale. Let's go to your next question, which is, what safety measures are taken when designing a room? Well, if you have kids, certainly there's lots of safety measures to keep in mind. You don't want sharp edges. You don't want to utilize a lot of glass. Um, I wouldn't utilize a lot of white, and that's just so I wouldn't personally have a heart attack when I see my child coming at my sofa with a box of crayons. Um, So that is sort of one element of safety, but for adults and just people in general, one of the most important things when thinking about the safety of a design is thinking about allowing appropriate room for flow. In other words, making sure that the walkways around the space are between 30 and 36 inches wide. That way people can walk leisurely throughout the space, whether it's between a wall and a sofa or an entry console and the closet door, making sure that people can flow without hitting themselves on something, making sure that they won't jam their leg on the coffee table by ensuring that there's 12 to 18 inches between the front of the sofa and the front of the coffee table. So maintaining these walkways and giving each piece its space will ensure that people aren't bumping into things. Also, uh, even if you don't have kids, sometimes you're a little bit clumsy. I know I'm a little bit clumsy. And so I don't prefer a glass coffee table. I want to put my feet up. I'm going to drop things. I just don't want to worry about breakage. So 
you may have some personal requirements for safety that are outside of what I'd recommend for just a normal person. But think about your quirks. Think about your idiosyncratic things that you do around the space. You may be a little clumsy. You may be spill prone like me. And again, for safety, so that I don't have a heart attack, I get a multicolored rug. That way stains easily camouflage into the fabric and no one has to see that I spilled my wine last night. So there we go. I hope that answered that question. What creates a good mood in a room? Well, the best thing that creates a good mood in a room is a happy homeowner, is a happy person who lives there with their friends. So I think what creates the best mood is having people who feel really at home, people who feel really comfortable and proud. Uh, I think another thing that creates a great mood is artwork. Because once we have those functional pieces, once we're sitting on that couch, once we're sitting in those armchairs, what are we looking at? Uh, maybe we're looking at an amazing view from the windows, but if we're not, we can easily be looking at an amazing piece of art. So whereas outstanding views are hard to come by, beautiful art at any price point can be found at a lot of different stores and can really evoke the mood that you're going for, whether it's a very calming pastoral photograph or whether it's a lively abstract painting, you can easily set the mood by making a strong art choice. And then your last question, Sherry, after getting a good feel for what a client desires, how do you go about creating a room that is functional for them? So we sit down with the client, we have them fill out a questionnaire ahead of time so that we can get a great idea as to their preferences and their likes and dislikes. And then we ask them the functions that they wanna perform in the room. We ask them what pieces they want to keep because most people aren't ready to start from scratch. Most people have some sentimental pieces or they just don't have the budget to get rid of everything. So we ask them what pieces do you want to carry with you? And then we create that floor plan. That's the very first step. I don't care what your style is. I don't care what your colors are. I don't care what textures you want me to use. The first thing we have to nail down and be really sure of is that layout. And I want to try every possible layout. That way, when you're buying this furniture, you know with confidence that these pieces are in the right place. You know with confidence that you've selected the right pieces because this layout is perfect. It's the only layout that truly meets your needs and also works within the space. So I think getting that amazing layout is key. And here at Affordable Interior Design, we play a floor plan game with each of our clients that really helps us to get to the bottom of that perfect floor plan. Um, but there are lots of different ways to achieve that ultimate outcome of the perfect floor plan. We just happen to use a game. So Sherry, thank you so much for writing in. Suzanne, thank you for writing in as well. Guys, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to send an email to Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. You could always leave a comment on Affordable Interior Design's Facebook page. We would love to hear from you. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. 
even better, become a premium member. Yes, you can become a premium member of Big Design Small Budgets podcast by going to bigdesignsmallbudget.com. Not only do premium members get access to our archives of over 100 episodes, you also get our bonus episodes, which give you a sneak peek into my world as an interior designer. Every week, I share a new vignette, a new anecdote, new tips, all in that bonus series. You won't want to miss it. To become a premium member, go to bigdesignsmallbudget.com. It's $3.99 per month or $39.99 for a year's membership, and you're going to love it. I guarantee it. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.